Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I'm here with Mike Cook. Mike Cook is a person that many of you will know. He's a former CEO um, working in the health service. Uh, he has lots of experience with the NHS, lots of experience with Mental Health Foundation, uh, is the chair of the Cochrane Patient Advisory Group, and is here today as the chair of the panel discussion. Um, it's going to take 20 minutes to introduce you, Mike. So why are you here today? What's, what's, it, what's this meeting mean to you? Well, I'm here. They've got me out of Yorkshire into London. It's lovely to be at the British Library. What a seat of knowledge. We want to get this knowledge out about what works in mental health research. And we want it available to those who use mental health services um, end-to-end. So people involved in the sort of questions we should be researching, people involved in the actual research there's a legal right for people to be involved in research certainly in the NHS and much wider and then to be able to apply that research and get it working and personalized to individuals and then to think of the next question so that people are involved right through from conception to real benefit one of the things we're trying to look at today is how the Mental Health Foundation, great organisation, Global Footprint, and Cochrane, great organisation, Global Footprint, can really get together and really cut through and be able to get knowledge out there that helps people prevent mental illness, improve public health, public mental health. And that's a great concept, something that Dame Sally Davis, a friend of mine, actually put in her annual report in 2013. I don't think we've done enough about that. How do we build resilience in individuals and communities? So I think there's some really interesting things in the research space, and I think we're going to move upstream. And the idea of moving upstream is to really look at, you know, how do you prevent mental health issues? We have a lot of made patients. I saw a lot of people in the NHS who kept coming back to us because we diagnosed them and because we were processing their mental health symptoms. And I think we need to really fundamentally think much wider. What are the social determinants of mental health? How do we get into those important things? I remember from research in in, in Nottingham when I was there for quite a long time, somebody said, I'll tell you what recovery is, Mike Cook. I said, go on then. He said, it's someone to love, it's somewhere to live, and it's something meaningful to do. And there's a lot behind that. There's actually a lot of research to say that if you've got a great relationship with somebody, you're going to live longer and your mental health is going to be a lot better. And um, we need to really, really put that out centre stage as well as the genetic development, as well as the neurodevelopmental breakthroughs. So for me, today, I think it's about balancing the biomedical end of things the really clever stuff the scanning the genetics the psychological approaches to mental health you know how do you really help people talk through problems process that and and rethink them reframe them properly and permanently and the social involvement the social technologies and that's probably the underexplored the under-researched and what really works for people um, to keep them resilient my personal experience is yes I was a chief exec for 16 years in the NHS I was a, I was a, had a career of 32 years really high profile and I moved into the mental health sector to try and improve leadership in mental health and that was because when I was 18 and I'll tell the story in a bit I had a, a massive nervous breakdown, massive depression. I was in hospital for uh, two separate, uh, very, very difficult times. And 
my parents couldn't even say which hospital I was in because of the stigma. They couldn't, they couldn't bring themselves to name a mental health hospital um, with their friends, and that was in the sort of you know late seventies, early eighties. And to be honest, Time to Change has done a brilliant job. Mental Health Foundation's done a brilliant job trying to reduce stigma. But if you've got a serious mental health condition, there's still a lot of stigma around. I was actually looking at some applications today and you've got to make a statement on whether you've got a disability in a certain box. And I always used to say, I don't consider myself having a disability. I think having bipolar disorder, which I have, has given me superpowers and I've had a stellar career in the NHS. I'm retired, I'm a granddad. I do loads of things still now because people ask me to do them because I involve service users authentically and always have done. Um, and I, I was reflecting on the way down. I went to China uh, and we launched an international centre for mental health. It was a great, great honour. And I opened it with the various people. And I, had a, I, I actually was giving a speech, and they didn't realise I was going to give a speech. And because I wasn't a sort of frontline academic, I think they put a fairly poor translator in for me. <laughs> and the big, the big point of my speech is that in mental health, the answer is in front of you. It's the person in front of you, that person who's got a mental health. And they will have the answer on how to move it forward. And over a... F- period of time we ended up working out a a sort of a way of putting this across in non-verbal communication but this sort of cross exchange of what was in front of you became a really important thing and that that was my sort of short code sign in with that Chinese community oh you're the guy who gets yeah the answers in front of you yeah 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 and eventually we got there but it was it was quite an important moment so for me authentic ongoing continuous involvement of service users and public and carers and families who love people who've had mental health issues and don't want them to relapse they're really important to bring into research and uh, they have a legal right to be involved in research uh, under the health and social care act i was involved in actually helping make sure that happened um, so people have the right to research, right to relevant trials, to try out the latest thinking. That's where we need to get to. And what I'd like to see is that question of, is what we know, what we do, answered positively by a lot of people to say, yeah, we do work to best practice, we do stuff that works, that actually is negotiated with our service users and patients, and we're doing much more to prevent mental health by looking at young people's experience, family experience, um, and and public health, what what can you do to be mindful? So I think there's a lot to play for there. Um, Biggest disease burden in the world we don't spend enough money on mental health research. It's, it, it's uh, about a 20th of what we're putting into cancer research at the moment. We really need to up our game, and uh, that'd be my message. Come on, everybody, let's get behind this, because um, together we can make a huge difference. Brilliant. Thank you so much for talking to me. Good luck today.